In this episode of 2000 Books, I talk about how to accomplish more in 12 weeks than others do in 12 months. Well, hello, hello, my ambitious friends, and welcome to 2000 Books. Every Monday and Wednesday, we bring you the most important actionable ideas from the world's greatest books for ambitious entrepreneurs, books in the field of startups, marketing, sales, productivity, management, leadership, strategy, personal development, and much, much more. And I am your host, Manny Vaya. Today, I'll be summarizing the key ideas from the book, The 12-Week Year by Brian Moran and Michael Lennington. So let's jump right into it. Let's talk about the 12-week year. Yes, 12-week year. Of course, a year and a year is a year is 52 weeks long. So, what does it mean to be to have a 12-week year? How do you even explain that? Well, the whole idea of this book is that um, we need to get away from the principle of or from the idea that we need to execute in annual plans. Instead, we need to shrink the year down into 12 weeks and each week becomes a month and what this bring, what this does is it brings a sense of focus and clarity and urgency to whatever you're trying to do uh, you're very familiar I think we've all been there when there is a deadline when there is some sort of urgency that uh, comes into play suddenly we have clarity and focus and uh, pressure on us which makes us get better which makes us perform better um, there is Parkinson's law that some of you might have heard of, which is the idea that work will expand. Work will expand to take the time that was allotted for it. So if you allotted a week for a task, you'll take a week to get the task done. But if you allotted a month for the task, you probably take a month to get the task or the project done. And what you'll often find, and I have seen this so many times again and again during execution, when you have an, an urgent deadline, when you have... Uh, some sort of external pressure or some sort of pressure to deliver on a timeline, somehow you find a way to make it happen. Other things do not matter as much and you just get down and focus on what is the most important thing. And that's the idea behind the 12-week year, the fact that we shouldn't be worried about uh, executing in chunks of years but start executing in chunks of 12 weeks, which is around a quarter. So we should go execute quarter by quarter by quarter. Now, really important idea here is that when you are a startup, when you are a starting entrepreneur, you don't necessarily have the uh, visibility to make a uh, a year-long plan. Most of the times, your plans will change constantly. They will be uh, they will evolve as you go so you shouldn't have to worry so much about executing on a year-long plan you in fact you need that flexibility you need that nimbleness in your planning so the 12-week year planning is actually really productive because it helps you uh, being nimble and keep on changing paths as the business conditions change as you keep on learning and growing and learning and growing you keep on changing and you keep on evolving so let's let's talk about some of the great ideas in the book, and uh, then we'll get into the process of the five the five step process of the 12, 12 week year planning, but or twelve week year planning and execution. One of my favorite ideas in the book is the idea of greatness in the moment. When we think of greatness, most of the times we think of a champion. Let's say. Michael Phelps. We just recently did his biography. And Michael Phelps, 
when was he great was he great when he won his 18th when he won his 8th gold medal in uh, the olympic games and broke the world record was that the only moment when he was great was he great when he won the other 7 gold medals was he great when he won the other when he won any of the 22 medals that he won in the olympics or was he great every day was he giving his best every day that is the key distinction greatness in the moment versus thinking of greatness as an end result greatness every day every day every moment every moment trying to give your very best which in the long term gets you to be a champion makes you makes you great most of the times we have we have a society that is uh, that is just enamored by short term benefits what we want is to maximize short term benefits and minimize uh, short term loss so that's all we really think about we we are a society unfortunately or not just the society but in general where most of us are uh, as human beings we think in terms of simple interest in in terms of the idea that if i don't get the results right now then it's really not worth giving my very best it's not really worth doing the very best but what the authors are saying is that you have to do greatness in every moment let's say you are at some point in your growth curve and there there are, there is one guy who believes in greatness in the moment every day and another guy doesn't what what's the difference what what's going to happen most people what they will do is they will skip that greatness in the moment moment that 1% change that they could do today that 1% difference that they could make today most of us will uh, skip on that 1% differential that 1% extra that we could do today uh, we'll just elect to be mediocre while the people who are going for greatness which is you which is us the ambitious entrepreneurs we say no i'll take that extra delta of 1% i'll take that little edge because i know over time this edge will build and build and build and build and build the simp- the compound interest doesn't build from 1 to 2 to 4 to 8 in a day it builds over time if you just do 1% compounding over the year over a day it in 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 one day it's just 1.01 in two days it's 1.1.02 so so if you just look at the short term results you will never be able to be great so you have to in the moment do greatness in the moment do greatness rather than wait for some magical moment when you will be able to get the gold medals and be great doesn't work like that does not work like that you have to be great in the moment now what do people who are chasing who are doing greatness in the moment who are committed what are they doing there is one key distinction most most people when they feel when they don't feel like at their very best when they feel like they're um not feeling so good they don't take any action or they stop themselves from pushing themselves but the people who are destined who are who are who want to do greatness who want to do great things what do they do they take action no matter what even if in the moment they might fail or they might fall back that's okay but they took action they went for it and that's all that matters so go for it even when you don't feel like it taking action irrespective of how you feel so taking action based on your commitments rather than taking action based on your 
moment to moment feeling that is the key and that's a very stoic way of thinking as well stoic philosophy talks a lot about uh, the idea that we need to act according to our uh, to what we need to do rather than what important right now rather than according to our feelings michael phelps coach uh, bob bauman he used to say win what's important now we must do what's important now rather than uh, worry about uh, how we feel in the moment how we um, may or may not want to take action in the moment so greatness in the moment really 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 important concept for an ambitious entrepreneur another idea another really important idea in the book is the idea of making the commitment to greatness making that commitment to doing something great to to wanting to stand out and one of the and there are few elements that are important in your commitment to doing greatness and one of them is identifying your keystone actions now what is the keystone a keystone is the is the stone that actually holds an arch together even though it is the least stressed it might hold the least stress in the whole system without the keystone the whole arch will collide so a keystone action is similarly something like that really important action and without their action the whole system will collapse the whole arch will collapse your whole progress will collapse so identify those keystone actions and you must do them every day no matter what happens every day every day you must do those keystone actions the other idea is to tell other people tell other people don't keep your goal to yourself whatever your goal is tell other people because they will keep you accountable this is what you're doing to design your environment so that your environment forces you to be successful when you tell other people about what you're trying to accomplish they will keep you accountable to those goals and that's a good thing i have a friend who calls me out anytime i make a promise and i say this is what i want to do and when i end up not getting to that goal he calls me out so after a few times of him calling him out i realized that this is a really good friend to have because he will always call me out on what's important so i'm very deliberate about making my commitments and when i make my commitments to that friend now i make sure i follow through i make it get make it get it done otherwise i know um, i will feel terrible if i do not follow through on that goal on that promise the other idea is to understand what is the cost what is the price and are you willing to pay the price for this goal a lot of us a lot of the times we're we're willing to set major goals willing we're willing to set extreme goals but when it comes time to say uh, to pay the price whether it is working 100 hours a week 120 hours a week or whether it is uh, giving up on our social commitments for some time period or whether it's giving up on our um fun times or party time or whatever it is a lot of us we just say mm, i want to have a balanced life and all this stuff but that's not the case there is a cost that we must pay we must pay the cost it's good to identify that cost up front in that commitment that you make because if you don't identify the cost you will never pay that cost you will always find a way to get away from it so identify what is the cost you will have to pay it is probably in the number of hours you will have to work the amount of money you might have to spend the number of hours you'll have to spend uh talking to your clients prospecting your clients um the number of hours you'll have to um spend away from social um from the fun things in life and really focusing on business whatever it is whatever cost you need to pay realize that you will have to pay this cost so there's no way about there's no way out of this of paying this cost so just you have to get about the business of doing the things and paying this cost 
And third, or, or fourthly, but probably one of the most important ideas, I love this idea, it's burning the boats, burning the boats. The story, you might have heard of it, uh, some say it's a legend, some say it's not true, some say it's a myth, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. The story still has a lot of, uh, lot of, true, lot of truth to it in terms of how we as humans uh, work. What happened was that in the Greek, uh, in the Greek, uh, during the Greek uh, Empire or the Greek, uh, when the Greek days were, uh, Greek glory days, during the Greek glory days, 2000 years ago, 2500 years ago, the Greeks, when they were fighting with each other and they were going from island to island and uh, fighting, what they would often do when the general of the, of the invading army that was going to try and take an island as soon as they land on the island and they're ready to fight, they would ask their uh, their boatsmen to burn the boats, to burn the boats. Why? Why do you burn the boats? When you burn the boats, you are telling everyone that this is a point of no retreat. Either we take this island or we die. This is the ultimate commitment. This is uh, This is not just a desire anymore. This is not just a wish anymore. This is a compulsion. You're willing to die for it. Same thing Felix Dennis talks about in his book, How to Get Rich. That compulsion, that having that crazy drive that you will do it no matter what. It's really important. And burning that board, whatever that might be metaphorically or literally for you, however you have to burn the board, telling people about your goal or um, telling um, or cutting your ties with your job or cutting your ties with certain people in your life in order to move forward, whatever it takes. You got to burn the boats in order to take the island. Now that we identify, under, understand the idea of greatness in the moments and what it takes to be committed, a lot of times we don't understand what it takes to be committed. But let's, now that we understand what it takes to be committed, let's move on to the five-step process that is required in the 12-week year program. First, we have a vision. What is it that we're trying to accomplish in these 12 weeks? What are we going to do? What are we going to attack? Uh, laying out the vision, the groundwork for what you're trying to do. The second step is planning. Knowing your 12-week plan and also on a weekly basis, planning every week out. Planning every week out for uh, whether you do it on a Monday, you do it on Sunday, you do it on Friday, whatever it is. On a week-to-week -week basis, you're going to plan your weeks out, what you want to do and what actions you're going to take how much time you're going to spend, and what, and then design a scorecard. We'll get to the scorecard in a, in a really short bit. The next idea, really important idea, is process control. We, we tend to underestimate the importance of this process control. Uh, the key here in process control is that uh, a lot of times when we define our goals and we define this plan, when we don't have process control, we falter. We fall. We, we, we find ourselves not able to take the action that we need to take. So process control is almost like designing the environment in order to help you get there. Because most of the times what happens is willpower, willpower will never be enough to get you where you want to go. Willpower is not enough to get you where you want to go. Really important idea that a lot of us have this mistaken belief that somehow Willpower will take us where we want to go, but that's not the case. Willpower is a very limited resource. What we need to do is structure, uh, create structures and systems such that you put something on the calendar, you will do no matter what. It doesn't matter whether you have willpower or not. You have the calendar invite, 
you are going to you're going to treat it like an inviolable appointment as if it's a doctor's appointment as if it's an appointment with uh, your your customer whatever it is you just have the structure in place and you figure out a way to execute on that structure um, another really important concept is weekly accountability meetings with other people so find other people who are on this path with you find other people who are on this path with you and then uh, work on uh, on institute a weekly accountability rhythm a weekly accountability meeting and tell them what you're going to do and then at the end of the week tell them what you did do and what you didn't do so that will keep you honest that will keep the uh, the ball rolling and that will always keep you uh, um, wondering okay where am i how am i doing what am i not doing um then the last part of process control is just making sure that you write your goals down write your goals down don't um just keep them in the head when you keep your goals in the head when you are not writing the goals you are giving up on almost 70% more efficiency of the possibility of achieving your goals so write your goal down it's really important idea the fourth idea in the five step process is understanding that measurement drives execution measurement drives execution without measurement execution is really impossible so measurement will drive your execution now uh, understand that when we do measurement we don't just measure the end result we also measure the effort that we have put in order to get to the goal the effort that we put is called the lead measure while the end result that we got is a lag, lag measure let's say uh, you said i will finish a certain project a b and c by this sunday project a will take 20 hours project b will take 30 hours project c will take 20 hours so you decide you committed to uh, putting in 70 hours um in your of work in your in your planning however as you start to measure the amount of work you put in you find that you're actually not even you didn't even finish you didn't even put in that many hours so how can you expect your results how can you expect project a project b or project c the lag results to show what you wanted to see it's not going to happen and that's really important really important to to differentiate between your lead measures and your lag measures another really simple way to understand the lead and lag measures is let's say you are on diet you're trying to lose weight one the lag measure would be just measuring your weight or your body fat percentage on a week to week to week basis but the lead measures would be something like um, identifying uh, measuring exactly how much food you eat measuring exactly how many uh, how, how much cardio you did on a daily basis measuring exactly how what you're doing with your weight training and all that stuff measuring the size of your uh, of your muscles and all that well muscles that would go into lag measures but measuring any input you're putting the system is lead measures while measuring the output would be the lag measures so measuring the size of your body would be the lag measure um now why is it important to distinguish the two and measure both of them well the key idea is that if you don't distinguish then if you do not know what the lead measures are and all you do is measure the lag measures you don't know if you have a bad plan or you're executing badly so in the case of a diet if you have if you do not lose uh, weight from week to week but you don't know what you ate you have no idea whether what you're eating is causing the problem whether what your uh, work whether what you work out you're doing is causing the problem you have no control on the system so in order to have control on the system in order to distinguish the difference between or distinguish between 
the problem being with the strategy or the problem being with the execution, it's really important to break down the lead and lag measures and measure both of them. The other really important idea in measurement is that it has to be timely. The timeliness of uh, lead measures is of timeliness of measurement is really important, and so is frequency of measurement. That's when measurement really uh, gets powerful. When you have a frequency in place, and when you are timely with your measurements, when you have a frequency, and when you're timely, now your your execution machine is working, and now you can actually ex uh, now you can um, you have a very clear understanding of where you stand with the overall. Uh, uh, overall system of execution you have in place. And another idea in execution is that you need to have a weekly scorecard. You have a scorecard where you define, these are the things I plan to do, and then you see, did you do them or not do them? And you identify in that scorecard. You say, okay, well, in this scorecard, I did this, I did this, I did not do this. You calculate your scores. You calculate how well you did. And what the authors are saying is that if you score below 85% in your execution, you're probably not executing well enough and you need to change uh, your execution systems and strategies to get to your execution. But if you're scoring over 85% and you're still not getting anywhere close to your goals, then consider changing your strategy, consider changing your planning, consider changing your plans because maybe there's something else that needs to be fine-tuned fine in order to get you where you want to go. Another really important idea in the or the fifth step in the whole uh, five-step process is ensuring that you're using your time properly. And what that means is you're going to use your time by design. You're going to design how you use your time. You're going to design your week. You're going to design your day rather than let it, let it happen to you by default. Most of us, unfortunately, we subject ourselves to the, to the tyranny of urgencies. We say, okay, something is really urgent. So we default to whatever we need to do rather than doing what we had decided, doing what we designed in our calendar, doing the things that we knew ahead of time were going to be important for us. So there we have it, the 12-week year, really, really interesting book on changing your paradigm on uh, thinking about a year compared to thinking about a quarter in terms of execution period. And uh, get, grab a copy of the book, so my ambitious friends, as I always say, learning without action is utterly useless. You have to take action on the ideas you're learning in this podcast or the ideas will just all go to waste. Now, if you want to get a two-page action guide of the 12-week year, just head on over to 2000books.com slash summary or text the word summary to 44222. Or let me suggest this rather easy way to do this. If you're listening on an iPhone, just open up the podcast app and click on the 2000 Books logo as you're listening to this episode, and it will show the link where you can get this download from. So you can just click on the link and voila. All right. Well, until next time, my friends, this is your friend Manny Waya signing off from the beautiful and rather rain-drenched San Diego. Bye. <music>